0: What's up? Welcome to the Brain Gangster Podcast. I'm your host, meditation and wellness expert, Stacey Turris, along with my host, Carrie Treadway, the Mindful Money Maestro. What up,
1: Carrie? What up, everybody? Happy, happy day, right? Happy, happy day. On today's episode, 10 Ways That We Sabotage Happiness. So we're going to be talking about the elusive happiness and ways we can achieve that, for sure.
0: And we're also, this is really special because this is our our first guest. Yay! Um, We are joined today by Daniel Harmon, who is a self-made entrepreneur who has lived many places all over the world looking for the H word. So we're going to talk to him and see if he found the elusive happiness. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you, Stacey. Thanks, you guys. Welcome, Daniel.
1: We're so excited to have you. Hey. It's
2: good to be here. I, I didn't realize I was going to be a first guest. Now I, <laughs> I feel the pressure a little.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we're well, still scared, too. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. super like, you know, we're full of pressure. <laughs> yeah. Um, So I just want to give a little background. The way I met Daniel is obviously I do um, meditation training and Daniel was lucky enough to (laughs) book one of my mind, body beach experiences. And we obviously got to know each other really well. And I completely vibed with him because I felt sort of like this, this, like he was sort of like a kindred spirit and where he was in his life and everything he's been through. So So Daniel has a really incredible story. Um, The reason I wanted to talk to him about finding this elusive happiness and ways that we sabotage it is because, as I said, he's a self-made entrepreneur. He's made his money, which we all sort of like, that's a lot of our goals. That's what we think. Gosh, if we can just make that million dollars, we'll be happy. So Daniel's here to set the record straight and let us know what happiness sort of really means right
2: yeah yeah i mean obviously i've found the destination of happiness and i'm going to show you guys what that is uh, yes okay um,
0: good okay so daniel can you just give us sort of a little bit of your background on how you got to the point where you are today
2: sure 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 sure. so yeah i mean i i think i'm kind of like a corporate guy come entrepreneur it's kind of a, a summary of the story um yeah, look, you know, I mean, depending how far back we go, but I wasn't very good at school. I wasn't, I wasn't a school person at all. Um, I was really good at, like, flunking school and going surfing and things like that. <laughs> um, but uh, I, um, I went to university and did what everyone said to do, yeah. So I went to university, I uh, went to school in England. Uh, I actually had a gap year in between high school and school. Uh, sorry, university. And I was travelling around Europe and um, just literally chose a destination and went to the university and knocked on their door and said, "Can I, can I and I apply, and uh, turns out you can actually do that. I don't think you can do that in these days. <laughs> I don't know how schools would take it these days. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, that's right, um, and I had terrible grades, so I had like uh, all of these exams to sit, um, but they, they turned out they liked me, so they, yeah, they let me in, and for a while I was thinking, Not dissimilar to what's happened recently. I'm like, is this real? Is this actually happening? Um, So, yeah, I went to school, but I did economics because my father told me it was a very good degree to do. Um, I have never used economics since, but it was a good degree. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, like, you know, I did school. I did really well at school. I I did honours and uh, left and, and just kind of followed that expected path, you know, like I went into venture capital, having a finance economics background, worked for Merrill Lynch. I remember they gave you like a thousand pound, uh, like a budget to buy a suit on your very first day. And I, you know, I thought I'd made it, you know, I was in, I was kind of the gang.
0: That was it. You were yeah, ready. I, to I, I,
2: uh, I mean, excuse my language, but I fucking hated the job. Within about two <laughs> months, you know, um, it, it literally was probably two months that I started as hate it. And I was dreaming and sleeping spreadsheets. And I, and I, I realized pretty quickly that Whilst I was good at numbers and and motivated with that sort of like three-year goal of getting a degree or four-year goal of getting a degree, working in the corporate world was not for me. And um, I I was living in London in the 90s at the time and I was more interested in in going out than working, is the honest truth.
0: Absolutely.
2: Um, And it's only so long you can kind of have that masquerade, yeah, eventually you get pulled up in one way shape or the other. and it was me, I failed, I just did this investment bar exam thing and uh, actually I caught up with my old boss relatively recently, uh, my boss Tim, I think I, I failed it three times in a row and that was actually me trying a little bit as well. <laughs> the, first time, the, first twi- the first three times I wasn't trying but yeah, the last time I really did try and I failed and I, I sort of took that as a sign and so did my employer and uh, they let me go and I kind of like landed in this space, so huge relief. That I wasn't working there anymore, but then also,
0: what just, the hell am I going to do now?
2: Yeah, and, we, and I wish I'd saved some money for this kind of <laughs> situation. Um, but then it was really good, you know. That was the catalyst for me to kind of think about. I must have been like, I was a little older at university. I think I finished university at twenty-five, and then um, so I was in my mid twenties, and I after Marilyn, so kind of like um, just sort of started to think about what am I going to do. I went back home to Australia. Um, and then sort of delayed that thinking process for a little bit, but then um, we're super lucky, you know, I, I was, a, true story, I was on a train actually, I was visiting a friend in Brisbane and I was on a train and I was just chatting to a guy next to me and he happened to be uh, one, one senior guy at this new startup um, that was a travel related startup and I loved to travel and I didn't really have that background but because through the venture capital world, I'd been to the Bay Area a bunch of times, so I knew how it worked essentially. Um, raising money anyway, and um, that conversation led to me getting a job at a company called whatif.com.
0: So the conversation on the train did?
2: Yeah, 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 and it's actually the second time, it's it's happened uh, two more times afterwards actually, um, just, I mean, I talk to anybody, yeah. I mean, these days I talk to dogs more than I do people sometimes on the street, but uh, yeah.
1: Like I, <laughs> no, I just, you're like,
2: little puppy! Exactly right, and then you kind of like feel like, oh, maybe I should ask you the person. Often I don't even ask the name of the person that's holding the dog, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I I, was lucky, I was, I was just very lucky, you know, like I started, I was kind of like unskilled professionally other than having an economics degree, and I joined a startup that was kind of like, based around tech and design in the travel industry um and during that i went back to school actually into the masters in in creative industries like design Um, and then that sort of like started everything um
0: so so when when you're saying design is that graphic design
2: at the time it was yeah because it was mostly there wasn't so much digital design going
0: around right but did you vibe more with that
2: yeah completely i mean i I think i think i vibe more with creative people full stop Um, i think that was kind of the thing and i and it was such a refreshing look at life because I was working with very kind of like type A, number-crunching kind of like people. And, and
0: Totally the opposite, right. Totally
2: the opposite. And, and everything that the creat- creative people might, just the just the feeling I had about being around creatives. Now, I personally don't count myself as a creative necessarily, but I I just, yeah, I definitely vibe with those people better. I still do today, you know. Like I, I find it hard to have a conversation with um,
0: I find it really interesting that you don't consider yourself a creative because when I met you, I instantly thought you were a creative.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think it's, well, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's all related to what we're going to talk about today. But like, I, I, I think um, when I think of creatives, I've, worked, I've just worked with some amazingly artistic creative people that I just don't put myself in the same
3: space, right. as guys, you know? Um,
0: but do you, do you think that's because, I mean, do you think that's just because you're not giving yourself credit or do you feel like they're just sort of a level beyond?
2: I think that, I think I'm very, uh, I'm very broad with my skill sets in, in the creative space. I don't go deep on a lot of things and people right. I really admire. It's, I go it's really, like
0: the title thing that we were talking about. You don't want to be boxed into, to a certain thing.
2: No, not at all, no. And I don't I don't actually, I mean, it's funny, actually, you know, years later in One Startup, we had this conversation. I realised actually very quickly that titles are super important to some people.
1: Yes, uh, they are. Yeah. and like I'd The have identity these, is placed with, the, with some people.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I'd had these conversations with people in my team, and I, like, that was, like, down to kind of like, I mean, they were young, but they were, like, getting upset about the title that we'd given them. And, you know, for my side, I'm like, you can call yourself whatever you like to call yourself. It doesn't bother me. I don't think you can call yourself founder, possibly, but anything else, it doesn't bother me. Um, right.
1: You're like, that it's, is not where I'm going to gain, like, the respect or right. the guilt yeah. from this.
2: Exactly, exactly. And, that, you know, a segue of that is, like, my dad actually instilled to in me that, you know, when you get that promotion, you shouldn't be asking for the promotion. If you're asking for a promotion, you're not probably good enough for the promotion.
0: <laughs> thinking,
2: right. It's <laughs> a little bit like the titles, yeah. Like, you, you know, You'll get called VP if that's what you aspire to be, if you do a really good job. Don't, get, don't keep asking for it. Um, anyway, that's a segue. Um, so yeah, I was like, I'm I, like I very fortunate. I had one starter that did quite well and that, I, that was like the snowball effect. You just, you're kind of forced to save a little bit of money. I was still enjoying myself. I was still spending a bunch of money, et cetera. But I, I had a little bit of money to be able to go do little side projects. I did a bunch of little side projects, sold one of those that like added to this little pool, the snowball got a little bit bigger. And like we were saying, uh, uh Carrie, like, it gives you confidence that you could do it. Yeah? Um, and I think having that confidence is the thing that kind of like just helped that snowball sort of grow a little bit. I definitely had my losses, you know, like I've definitely had complete stuff ups. I think everybody does, you know. Um, but I think when you're uh, when you're dealing with smaller amounts of money they, they, they don't really hurt so much, I guess, in some ways. Um, and, yeah, I, I went from one startup to the other. So I, I worked at – I was really lucky. I worked at kind of like the three big startups in in, in, in Australia that are very – still around today. Uh, I worked for a company called Seek, which was a uh, – I mean, back in the day – so it's old school now, but back in the day where it was uh, classified adverts online. It was kind of like a Craigslist sort of. But for oh, jobs. nice. <laughs> super sexy. Super sexy job. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that was, you know, again, I learned a bunch um, um, and they IPO'd and then um I worked for another company called ISELECT Select that was comparison, sort of, uh, again, super sexy, comparison of financial products, actually, which was, I guess, yearning back to some of the work I'd done before. Um, but then long story short, I got the opportunity to go to the States. I moved to the States 2014, um, joined, actually joined a company that was a big company. It was an Aussie company uh, that took me to San Francisco. Um, that didn't work out very well. I knew the founders. Uh, the founders, super cool guy. We had a very honest conversation about, you know, I sort of said, well, if you're not going to listen to any of the recommendations I made, you're just completely wasting your money. And he said, yeah, I am. So we parted ways on that, on that conversation. And then um, that again was a trigger. You know, I, I, I was lucky. I 3VC World, I'd I'd known a founder of this company called Whistle, Uh, Steve, he was looking for someone, they had a very small team and I I joined Whistle and then that, that was sort of like my San Francisco experience for three years.
0: So then with that company, that sort of set you on a path to freedom financially, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. Like it, it was certainly, um, it was like, um, I, I feel very fortunate in the sense that I've, you know I joined a startup in San Francisco. We had, some, we, we had some initial sort of little wins, but we weren't really making any money. And then we, we found a product that really resonated and I was part of that team that did that. And then we got acquired. And then, um, you know, if you're early on, I mean, the founders certainly made life changing money. Everybody else made, you know, certainly enough money to kind of take the pressure off anything around um, financial stuff. And I was lucky to be one of those, you know, so I left. um, uh, (laughs) Interestingly, the visa that I had at the time, um, because the company was acquired, then uh, I technically didn't have a job anymore, so then I had to get out of the country very quickly. (laughs) Um, But I went to France and uh, spent a year in France sort of working out what I was going to do. And then, um, But again, you know, that little snowball obviously got bigger and then I, I had the comfort level, I guess. But this leads into some of the things we're going to talk about, yeah, because it was sort of like okay, I've reached the, des- the destination. I've reached it. What do I do? And I had this idyllic idea of buying a house in France and living this romantic life. And, you know, it turns out it's pretty boring. <laughs> the of it. um,
0: it's uh, really boring to live in a farmhouse in France. <laughs> that's exactly
2: right, yeah. I mean, there's, I only, so
0: much, all day.
2: Yeah, there's only so much rosé you can drink. And uh, believe me, I tried that. It's, <laughs> there is definitely a limit. Um, but, yeah, I... I, I I mean, I laugh at it, but in hindsight, it was pretty. It was a pretty dark period, but definitely for me, like it was tough. I, I, and I, I feel guilty saying that. I feel kind of like, uh, in some way, I'm saying that that, that I don't. I, don't des- I felt that I didn't deserve. I don't deserve to say that because I guess in many ways, I've reached this destination of comfort in some way. Right, but
0: and what and what we think happiness, success yeah. is right. So then, when you reach that destination and you find that that's not the source of happiness. It's like, well, what the fuck is going to make me happy?
2: Yeah, that's right. And it, 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 it's, 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 a you know, like any change or anything that's a little bit unfamiliar, it can be kind of challenging and scary at the same time. And I, I did the, the very opposite of what I should have done. I started, I started drinking quite heavily again and like just sort of like living, not a rock star life by any means. I was living in some little country village, you know. Um, but I, I certainly went down this hole that would that definitely had a destination of, A place I don't want to be, Um, and then yeah, I I I had a really good, a really close friend of mine, Scotty, who's sort of my guru. He 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 came over and said, "Look, I used to party with him. That's our relationship was always partying." And then um, he sort of came over and said, "Look, you you deserve everything you have. Uh, You need to get out of this this hole and 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 get back on track. And actually, accept this is the other thing: accept that working and, and building businesses is actually a really big part of who you are." And don't deny yourself of that don't don't feel guilty about that don't you know' cause I think I was struggling with this idea of is that all I am is that all I, is that my existence like
0: right is, is that something? my purpose is just to build yeah. things and yeah. Then, right
2: yeah, yeah. And, and again you know the build. and it's interesting like the, the joy of building something, yes, it's sweetened if it's commercially successful, but it, that's only a tiny piece of the fun
0: right that's that's the end of it really.
2: Completely, completely, yeah, and, and like all all during the years that I had worked on uh, projects, I'd had little sweeteners at the end, but nothing really that would change anything. Um, and I was probably happier during those periods than I, I sort of found myself at the end of twenty sixteen, early twenty seventeen, um, and then yeah, so I just worked through that. So I was in France for a year, and then I um, started another company. It was sort of like a we were we're an agency that helps startups build their first product. Launched that, worked on all that last year, um, moved back to the States, decided to move to LA rather than to San, leave, go back to San Francisco. Was, I think I love that city, but you know, the irony being that when you work and live in that city, you never get to see the city because you're always working.
0: Yeah, like their, their MO is work.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting dynamic. It's interesting to talk about that, the whole theory around we have, we all, we all know that the science suggests that working 80 hour weeks is not healthy for you. It doesn't, you know, you get better business results if you don't yet. We have very few success stories of people take companies taking the direction of working less hours. So in San Francisco, my experience certainly was that it's celebrated, you know, like people used to boast about how many weekends they were.
0: It's actually a status symbol. For, for working your ass off and putting in so many hours and and it's so crazy because they are not understanding the the balance that it takes to to maintain true happiness, like yeah. we can all work our ass all of us can work twenty four hours a day if we want to, and we can achieve that if we put our mind to it, some of us. Yeah. Can achieve what you've achieved and make the money and everything else but in the meantime as we're going through this journey it's like where's the balance where what is going to make me happy first of all in the journey to happiness what yeah. we perceive as happiness which is you know being part of a startup that that is acquired by someone else that gets sold etc so yeah. Yeah, so I want to talk about just sort of these barriers that you've mentioned, actually a few of them, these barriers that we impose on ourselves for happiness because I think a lot of times people blame external circumstances, other people for them not achieving happiness and I think we would all be surprised at how much those barriers come from inside of us.
2: Completely, I, I would say the vast majority do. But I mean, I, but I say that from the point of view of, you know. So I went through the whole gamut of the reasons why I wasn't happy. You know, like, uh, and I, you know, like I, you know, I, I love my therapist. She's awesome, and we would talk a lot, and we would talk about this idea of, you know, like I don't, I didn't have a, one thing. I really was frustrated with in, in many ways. And it sounds weird to say, but I had a great childhood. I didn't have anything in my childhood that would indicate to. Me to suffer from mild depression or anything like that. Um, in some ways, I was hoping I did have some indication because it would kind of yeah, like,
1: just yeah. something is
0: a reason for it.
2: That's right. That's yeah. right. But it, it turns out my parents were awesome and. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Uh, You're but, like,
1: my childhood was great. I live in a farmhouse in, in France, <laughs> drinking rosé all day. My life sucks. Oh my god. Right, what know, the fuck know, is
0: wrong with me? It must know, be something know. in me that's wrong. I know,
2: I know, and I had those moments, you know, like I bought some silly little car, like some, some sports car, and I had these moments of driving through. <laughs> like every,
1: you bought the sports car?
0: I
2: did all the cliché, yeah. I did all the cliché, you know. I got
1: a raised truck with big wheels. Did you do that? Uh, Wait, I need to know
2: what kind of car was it. Yeah.
1: Sorry? What kind of car was it?
2: A Porsche 911. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um,
1: I love it. uh, I feel way better about that than a Corvette.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I
1: agree. I agree. Yeah.
2: So, no, I mean, but, uh, you know, you have these moments of, uh, it's interesting, you almost have, like, these little uh, reflections or little snapshots of, Oh, so you have, you've made it, you know, like, this is it. And then, but, but they're only tiny little, like lightning bolts, they little tiny little things that don't, it's not sustainable, not fulfill, fulfilling at all. No. Um, and it maybe it just strokes your ego a little bit, maybe. But otherwise it was, I just found that I was actually on a way, I was much more happier when I was doing 80 hour weeks in some ways. Um, so that was the conscious decision to move to LA and try to have a ba- find balance a little bit better. I, I do find Southern California has a bit, yeah, because the, the scene is completely different here. It's obviously more about the entertainment industry.
0: For sure, yeah, that's I that's a reason I love living here. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, and I, I think there's there's definitely a balance here um, from the work aspect, but then I'm still obviously going through this journey of working out what next, you know, and. and you know, I go through, frust- like a lot of people do, I think I go through frustrating periods of why haven't I thought of the next idea? Why haven't I got this new project? Um, yeah,
0: because you need something to grab onto. There is nothing for you to grab onto at this point. So I, I totally vibe with how you feel because I feel like I work the same way. Yeah. And you can ask Carrie, she's known me for 20 years. When I'm at the end of a project, I go into a depression because... I don't know what is going to grab me next. And it feels like you're always going to
1: be in that space. There's no plan after that. So it's like flailing for the next steps. No plan, no routine. What do I do? Where am I at?
2: Exactly. And and you're not taught how to, uh, because if you go from project to project to project, you've never really learned what to do in those flailing moments. You don't really kind of like, you just sort of like, I mean, I feel privileged that I can pause at least. I don't have to go back into the robotic way of getting a corporate job and continuing on um but it's no less frustrating and yeah it's just the, the
0: space right it's 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 probably more frustrating because it's like you should be happy but you're not so
2: yeah yeah what's yeah. next yeah. yeah that's right that's right it's actually even you saying that is a little makes me still feel a little bit uneasy in some ways because it's the truth you know like I, right I'm, <laughs> like i'm not like I, I love the life I have, one hundred percent, and I feel very grateful to be able to live where I live. But I'm not being fulfilled in a way that I used to be fulfilled, and thats that is that that is, the, that is I've realised a very large part of what makes me happy is this this having this project kind of passion thing that I'm I'm interested in, and and all the other things are just like little sweeteners that just sort of like delay the inevitable. you need to sort of like really work on that. Oh, sorry, you get a little notes? Well, we've been upgraded on the on the call. That's good.
0: Right. Yes. Exactly.
2: Yes. That's a win.
0: <laughs> okay, so we've actually touched on a few of these barriers, but Carrie, yeah. why don't you start and tell us like one of the barriers of why we are not reaching our happiness?
1: So remember, we're, we're going to try and touch on the 10 ways. There's plenty other ways, but we're going to touch quickly on these 10 ways. One of them being we're not chasing our own version of happiness, which is exactly what we've been talking about. It's the same scenario, Daniel, where you're saying like you went to college because that's what's expected of you. You want this big house because that equals success. You want this fast car because that's what we do when we, whenever we hit success.
3: Mm-hmm. But
1: it's like everybody has a different version of what happiness is. And it's like, what we're learning is that, you know, what means happy to me does not necessarily mean happy to you. Mm -hmm. And it's actually kind of difficult for me now that I'm in a space of more, I am starting to figure that out. You know, I'm I'm almost 40. I'm almost figuring out kind of thing. But it's like, I see people that are behind me in this journey. And I think, oh, it's hard not to look back and want to like help. Like, listen, you know, like, I feel like you're taking this path. It's just more of a robotic routine path. Mm -hmm. when thinking about these other aspects of your happiness and what is it really coming from so it's like change your own version it doesn't mean the same for everybody and be okay with what that means for you personally not everybody else
2: yeah yeah I mean it's interesting what you mentioned about it's almost like all these roads of um how you could be successful tend to lead to just these few things that we do that's supposed to illustrates other others that we are. So the big house, the car, whatever it may be, travel, etc. They're
1: right. all items that are tangible essentially. I mean, obviously yeah. there's experience with with travel and I love the shit out of travel, so I'm not talking any shit on travel people. <laughs>
3: sure. Sure, sure. Um,
1: but it's like those are all items. You know, yeah. like if you strip that away, how do you feel at the end of the day? And it's like to me, you know, there are more important aspects of me not having to have the eight to five. That's more important to me than having a fast sports car. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's looking at what that means for me to be happy and finding out how do I attain that goal by following a journey that makes sense and is organic to myself.
0: The thing is
1: though, is that
0: to understand yourself in that way, you have to be mindful and you have to be present. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with being present because if you're present for the good stuff, you have to be present for the bad stuff. And a lot of times people are running away from the bad stuff and they're not about to sit with it and they're not about to, you know, get in and roll around in it. So, so being present is a big thing, but you have to be okay with the sugar and the shit,
2: right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's being present is a scary state to be in. Sometimes, you know, that's, 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 that's the case. And I'm constantly working on that. I mean, that's a, it's interesting I think you know we used to certainly at the startups you know they, they would give you all of these tools to kind of essentially and I don't think it wasn't a pitch but it was sort of like oh we'll give you massages we'll have a mindful coach to come in we'll be like self-aware but really it's all about you just keep working I mean it's not really anything anything else
0: exactly well and the biggest thing is oh
2: thunder yeah <laughs>
0: We never get thunder in Southern California. I know,
2: I know. There's, this, there's this wet water dropping from the sky. <laughs>
0: there is. I had to shut the door because it's so loud.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: it's, I don't even
0: so, remember what I was going to say. Oh, I know <laughs> what I was going to say. Because the thing is, too, is it's like, okay, you're present, you're mindful, but the source of happiness that we're always trying to achieve, we're always trying to attain, what, what, we start, and you've started understanding, I've started understanding, Carrie started understanding, is that that stuff is for us. If we're not happy, that's some shit inside of
1: us that we need to look at and we
0: need to change.
1: Um, so another reason is that we don't feel that our happiness is important. It's like, uh, I don't have time for this. I don't, I don't, the, the worth of the value of me putting time into doing this, I don't know if I should do that kind of a deal. It's like, I'm yeah. comfortable where I'm at. Nothing hurts. You know, like my and also in in our society, we
0: consider happiness a luxury, which is the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Because if there's anything you want to be in life, it's happy, right? It's not a luxury, like that is the only way to make it through how many years 85 fucking
1: years that we have to be on this earth. Well, there's an association a luxury, there's also the association with like happiness is average. Like if you're fine where you're at, you should be happy. Just be happy with where you're at. Like you're not, you know, you're not, you're not on the high flux of this roller coaster at the bottom. Just be happiness average. Yeah. But the more mindful and aware that you become, you understand that you have that ability to control that, you know, behavior to get yourself to the actual happiness level of a bliss where it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing around you. It equals happiness to you.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, there's a lot of things in that, isn't there? I, mean, I, I think you know, like I certainly growing up in England and then growing up in Australia, um, very early in England and in Australia, there's nothing at school or high school I recall that would any, be anything to do with your happiness or getting taught to be aware or having
0: so not trained in yeah, life. It's like, it's like completely are, the opposite. Yeah, we are not set up to succeed in that way, we're not set up in mental health. We're not set up in problem solving. We're not set up in resiliency. We're not set up in achieving a balanced life. Like school is crazy to me because, and and then on top of it, dropping, sorry, my cat just walked. Get off No, this. that's
1: like the scariest, like, anaconda just went <laughs> <laughs> It's
2: just funny where my cat is, but I think she's
1: What's your cat's name?
2: Oh, she's a foster cat. Um, Her name is Oksana.
0: It's Oksana?
2: Oksana, yeah. (laughs) She used to have a Russian Russian, um, family before. The
0: gymnast?
2: Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah.
0: That's funny. The funny thing
2: is, I call her, a nickname is Oxy, and then someone said to me the other day, you named your cat after a drug? uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, "Uh, no. uh, um, Um, Okay, so then one of the other things, and we've already kind of touched on this, is we're really the, uh, another barrier to happiness is we're really afraid of, of reaching the end of the road because what the fuck is left afterwards? Like as humans, we are made to evolve. We're made to evolve emotionally. We're made to evolve spiritually, mentally. We are in a constant evolution. So when that evolution stops, panic sets in. So instead of, instead of even sort of starting that journey where you know there could be an end you just never start it and then you don't have to end it
2: yeah 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 i mean i, I the analogy i love is that uh, that idea that you know you have a racetrack around it goes around around in circle and you're just taught to go around around in circles and all of a sudden one day that racetrack track has got like a corner the other direction you don't know what to do you know? I mean,
0: yeah exactly there's just around in circles
2: yeah, yeah, and no, I get it. I, I, I don't. Um, I certainly don't have the answer. But I think back to the uh, being aware that that is the situation. And and when I think about my own happiness, and when I've really been truly have moments and of memory that has been pure happiness, it has got. It has nothing to do with any of the things that I've been through relatively recently. It's actually, you know, I was my some of the most happiest moments were living in London when I was in early twenties, zero money to my name, really. Just enjoying every moment. And that's the key, actually. It was enjoying the moments at the, at the time they were happening rather than wishing for something in the future or regretting something that happened in the past.
0: Right. That, and that's something else that we'll talk about later is that is when is the end game. Like you want to have an end game. And if you don't,
1: then you won't pursue it. Well, as we know on our list of 10 things, that is one of the things it's like we fear the outcome of what happens, right? Mm -hmm. So I recently went through a big change and it was like on paperwork, it made no sense. You know, like you got the pros and the cons and the pros were all security reasons, you know, money. But tell what your changes. Well, I'm just saying like, so I had all of these things on this list of this is corporate life where everything is safe and I know what the outcome is. And this is happiness, which is not corporate life. It's leaving that, leaving that area and going to uncharted waters essentially, because it was like, I loved my job. I loved everybody I worked with. Like, you know, like if you read like books, they're like, Oh, they hated their jobs. They left and found a different, like, no, I like literally I had to go into my resignation meeting of like, it's not you. It's me. Like, I love (laughs) y'all. I still want to be BFS with y'all, but I can't work here anymore because it doesn't align with the balance that I need in my life. Yeah. It was like I was afraid of that outcome and I was afraid of like primarily for me security meant financial reasons. It's like in this day and age, if you have a good paying job, who walks away from that? Yeah. That doesn't make sense, you know? So it was fearing with the outcome of like the what if. So that delayed my reaction for like oh, a year. It delayed it for so long. I was like, bitch, you're
0: not happy. <laughs> <laughs> leave the job like for me it was a no-brainer but, but he for hearing, a about it
3: again.
0: <laughs> he's more lit because i'm i i really don't have those hang-ups i am afforded the luxury of doing what i want because my husband has a, a good paying job that allows me to do that so in my head i see her being completely unbalanced throwing her family off balance all of these things And she's a logical thinker and I'm an emotional thinker. And so I see it and she's like, yeah, I know. I feel it, but logically it doesn't make sense. So it was a long ass process for her. Like how long
1: did that take? Well, seven uh, or eight months. No, because I remember that my husband said to me, that he was like oh I got a raise on a day and he's like oh shoot this was one of the days you were going to turn in your like your resignation and that was in like December and I finally turned in my resignation in March of the following year and they somehow had this plan and wrangled me back in where I worked from home part-time my final day was not till four months ago like it was a year and a half progress but it was like fear of that outcome because if I look at my spreadsheet and the lack of gray area you know here's all the reasons why this job is great Here's why they're not great in this area over here is great. Like there wasn't anything I could write down, like, you know, like Susan's mean to me at the coffee machine or, you know, I don't make good money or whatever it is. I didn't have that on that side of the list. So yeah. it was like, I'm afraid of the outcome because there's, there's no logical sense to me in this routine or pattern or journey. Right. You couldn't be like intuitively. I just know that
0: I shouldn't work here. <laughs> You're like, I need concrete, Reasons I need a pros and cons list, and I hate pros and cons lists because it's all fucking logical, and mm-hmm. nothing is really truly logical in life. You know what I mean? So, when people do pros and cons lists, I'm just like, you're fucking yourself already. Like, that is all logic, and you also can't use emotion because that'll fuck you too. Yeah. Like, your heart says one thing, your brain says another thing. And that's when I figured out I have to go with my gut on everything because that's the only thing that won't lie to me. That's the only thing that won't pull the wool over my eyes.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? When you when you look at those lists, because you could say the reverse. If you think about some of the happiest nations and the happiest populations in the world, on paper they would have in the Western world nothing really. I mean, they... you know
1: what's so crazy is like every story you hear when people re- like from you know like a bio like an autobiography or where they're just speaking in jer- terms of their life they're like the happiest times they their statements are always the same i didn't have any money or i was homeless you know like it's yeah. some dire situation but there was never like i was a zillionaire and i was yeah. scot-free yeah. you know i had nothing going on i could do whatever i wanted
2: that's exactly right i remember i think it was a, I think it was a famous actor many years ago i, I was reading that um he he was criticized for commenting on about money doesn't make you happy and uh, by the journalist. And the journalist was like, well, yeah, it's easy to say when you've got a lot of money. And he's like, well, no, I'm the only person that can say. People that have money, get are the Right. Only- I'm <laughs> the <laughs>
0: one that has all the information to be able to say that. You don't have money. You don't fucking know.
2: <laughs> That's right. It's interesting. Exactly. Um, but, uh, no, look, I, I think, I mean, I, I, uh, I used to do a lot of work in India, actually, uh, through one of the startups. We had a team over there, and I, I was in, in India a lot. And, you know, we're in Mumbai and we did the tour, like all the Westerners do around the slums in Mumbai. And, and then you start to realize that obviously visually it's pretty shocking in the sense of it's just it's it, it appears to be dirty, although it's very organized. Um, but you realize that they're some of the happiest people in the world living in this life that is what we would say on paper is like terrible. Um,
0: right, exactly. And that's unfortunately on paper is what we all are trained to go by. Yeah. yeah.
2: But that gut feel is like this combination of emotion and rationality that's sort of like, that's how I view the gut feel, I guess. And I've been going through that recently. I've been going through like, okay, I have this feeling around this idea, but it doesn't make, you know, it's risky from a financial sense. Um, Emotionally, I'm kind of like maybe too in-depth into it in some way. So I feel that might make, but then you start to overanalyse it, which is like, again but not the possible right approach. right
0: right but- because you can just overthink it i mean there's a lot of things that you can talk yourself into and out of and and that's what i that's why i i mean i just don't use my brain <laughs> i stopped using my brain and it was the best thing i've ever done
2: well, I've I started to do it. I say yeah. everything these days. That's one thing I definitely has changed with that mean, I just say the yes to everything. And if I don't like it, then I won't do it again. And um,
1: Right.
0: You know, right. Because you, you don't like want it, to um, insta-know things. You don't want to be the insta-knower and not open yourself up to experiences. Because a lot of time, those experiences lead to some other things.
2: Yeah. I mean, complete transparency. The way that we met Stacey I almost canceled on that I almost was like a, the day before I was, I was like feeling I was a bit overwhelmed with the family and I was like do I re- is this what I really want to do right
0: like, something else to add to your
1: list yeah
2: that's right like it's like all this Meet stuff some
1: like, crazy lady on the beach or something yeah, yeah. Exactly,
2: exactly though uh, but then you know that that you know within literally the first 30 seconds I'm like yeah I know I've made the right decision and then you know we're now talking you know
0: so oh I'm so I'm so glad that you enjoyed it oh yeah
2: it was uh no but it, yeah I mean it's, it's the thing it's it, it definitely enjoyed it obviously and then my mind was playing this balance between rationality time family etc and then but something was telling me I needed to do it and that something was my gut Yeah, and my gut Led me there, obviously. Um, Which
1: is not on the spreadsheet. So it's like no. the farther we can get our minds away from that spreadsheet, that gut is not in those columns anywhere. Yeah. So we need to ignore all columns and go towards gut, because like you yeah, said, yeah. And
2: I think in the entrepreneurial, my experience with within the entrepreneurial world, there is definitely successful businesses that are driven purely by spreadsheets. But my, my but but successful businesses are not happiness. Yeah. So like, right,
1: right. Success yourself, and happiness are two different things.
2: You kill yourself doing it, and maybe you'll make a buck. I, I get that, but.
1: Well, it goes back to what your version of happiness is. If that's your version of happiness is having that success and being able to attain all these tangible items, then that may be, that, but that's not your path. We're aware of that and we know which way to actually, you know, help grow the path that we're on that makes sense for us.
2: But here's a question though, with, and maybe I'm uh, I'm opinionated about this. So, like like I feel that for people that feel that, Successful and having a big bank account and buying all the fancy stuff is happiness, is that they just haven't evolved. I just, that's how right.
0: I, I agree. I agree. I feel like
2: an asshole saying that.
0: No, but I, I totally right. 100% agree with you. And that's where I have to sort of have a tolerance for people like that. And yeah. I have to tell myself they have not evolved and I have to be okay with their path that they're on and their evolution and not try and judge it. And yeah. all of that. So I, t-
1: I totally agree with that. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to like the same thing, like literally where I was saying like everybody's in a different part of their journey. Yeah. I have to remind myself that just because I have found where it's right for me to be, I can't, you know, pass judgment on them because they're not there yet because it all comes to everybody's due time. So it's like, be thankful where we're at and, and hope and silently think to yourself, you know, help this person follow the path they need to be for a more, Calm, you know, happy daily
2: mm-hmm. life. Yeah, yeah. Because right. I mean, yeah, like my, my, for me, it was la- It was later in life, you know, like when I was in my twenties thir- and thirties. I, I probably yeah. I'm, I'm 39. Oh. I'm, I'm, fix- I'm fixing it. Whoop. I'm
1: yeah. fixing it. At 40. I'm just now. I mean, I wouldn't say I have figured anything out, but I'd say I'm on the right path. Right. Yeah. I loved Daniel
0: when we uh, when we met with your session. That you were like, I don't trust anybody that hasn't been a drunk. <laughs> I'm like, I am with you. I don't trust anyone it. that hasn't
2: done that bad. It's, but that's, a, that's an interesting, have you read the book Flow? Uh, I can't remember, the, it's a really famous book. It, it talks about essentially how artists get into that kind of moment of creativity and then they produce their greatest work. Yeah. But it, it, it's hard to ignore the relationship between angst and unhappiness for those artists because all the great artists were, you know, manic depressive, whatever it may be. Cutting ears off. Yeah, that's right. There's there's, so many stories around it. And and with actors as well, you know? And, you know, I mean, because I love cooking, Anthony Bourdain, his story really, really hurt my heart because I, you know, he had, again, on paper on whatever we, we saw, all the money in the world had an amazing job traveling around the world.
1: Traveling everywhere, like what could and pop, tried. you know, like you said, like on the paper, it looked like the ideal. Oh, I mm-hmm. want this. This is what mm-hmm. I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to get to.
2: Completely, you know, great published author, um, but suffered with drugs and alcohol and depression all of his life, you know, and eventually it it, it beat him, you know.
0: I feel exactly. like a lot of people who have this sort of brain that's not like a linear brain. I feel like that sort of comes with the territory. Because there is a lot of angst in being a self-propelled person and there is a lot of angst in creativity. And I think a lot of just, I mean, we all know that the greatest works of art have come from angst, the greatest writings, the greatest art pieces, the greatest music, everything comes from that angst because what can you talk about if you have not experienced that?
2: Yeah, yeah. And this is this, you know, we spoke about sort of coping with being an empath. And then, um, um, you know, when we first met Stacey, and then um, I think it's, I think it's not for me, it's not resisting that it's just being able to cope with the highs and lows, because I think I do produce on, on some level of creativity, my best work when I go through those troughs and peaks
0: yeah Uh, for sure
2: for me the idea of being this linear linear line i mean that just freaks me out of boredom i cannot do that in my life
0: right right it's straight up panic if i think about that
2: that's right that's right but but there's no doubt that the people around me as well as myself that the peaks and troughs are something that um can be pretty unsettling and it's something that i'm working on trying to kind of like smooth those out a little bit um, right
0: and 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 the thing is like with mindfulness that's the thing like this is the way life goes. And, and with mindfulness and with, you sort of have to just ride the ride. You can't attach yourself to the highs. You can't attach yourself to the lows. You yeah. just have to ride it.
3: Yeah, agreed, agreed.
0: Okay, so we've already found five ways that we sabotage our happiness. Who knew it was so easy? Um, but when we come back, we'll actually discover more ways we can screw ourselves. Uh, but first a message from our sponsor, BrainGangsterBeats.com. This podcast is brought to you by Brain Gangster Beats Audio Brainwave Entrainment Series. Brain Gangster Beats is a natural and super cool way to tweak your brain. Just listening to Brain Gangster Beats using headphones or earbuds can actually change your brainwave activity, which we all know is directly connected to your state of mind. Using different frequencies in the audio files, we can achieve whatever mental state you're looking for at that moment. Relaxed, focused, energetic, fearless, you name it. Visit BraingangsterBeats.com to check out the entire series, downloadable by single or album. Okay, so it's not hard to see after our conversation why there are so many barriers to happiness. And I think the key is just being mindful enough to recognize the barrier. Like all these barriers that are mental, we have to recognize the barrier so we can kind of work through it. Right. Mm -hmm. So number six on our list of ways to sabotage our happiness is we don't feel like we deserve it. And we talked about this Mm -hmm. and whether it's, an obligation to put others first which I think a lot of times and Daniel as an empath we're very sensitive we feel what other people are feeling and we want to take care of that and we will put that before our own happiness mm-hmm. um, feelings of guilt from things we've done in the past low self-worth there's a lot of reasons that we don't feel like we deserve happiness so and it's easy to, to believe that people that, that reach happiness are like blessed or, or whatever. But I think the most, most of the time when people really find their true happiness is they have to con- consciously remind themselves over and over and over that they deserve it. Cause we all do deserve happiness. No matter what we've been through, no matter the shitty things we've done in our life, we all deserve to be happy. Right. So
1: sort of. Forgetting. I think we have to like remind ourselves. Huh? Like, from, I think we have to remind ourselves we, like from an acceptance where it's, like, where it's like, we're all saying like, we feel guilty, whether that guilty is I, I have all these things that, you know, by dictionary de- definition, state happiness. So we feel guilty that we're there and we don't feel that bliss yet, but it's like, we have to be aware of that guilt and essentially talk ourselves away from that. Like, no, what I'm doing is right for me. And this is okay. It's okay for me to feel good. And it's okay for me to follow this path. And it's okay for me not to fit in with everybody else because this is what's making me happy at this time in my journey.
0: Right. You have to consistently remind yourself why you're worthy of being happy. That is something that we all have to do because if we're going by society, if we're going by what we taught, it's just like we said, happiness is a luxury. And so if we have happiness, we have to understand that we deserve it. And we all fucking deserve it. Like we're all humans. We've all been through shit. We all deserve happiness. That's why we're here is to sort of find that happiness. So constantly reminding yourself that you're worthy of where you are. Is so important. We're so, and oh, go ahead, Daniel.
2: No, I was just going to say this is probably. I mean, I, I I don't have the list to see what the next uh, four items are. But
1: <laughs> oh, you're, um, right. you're in for a treat, man. <laughs> this is a
2: this is the this is the one that I struggle with the most. I think uh, I certainly, yeah, I, I I do make a conscious decision to tell myself every morning that I that the current state of play of where I'm at of my my my. The path that I'm taking at the moment that I do deserve that and I, that, that, that I shouldn't be guilty of that. Um, but it's a constant, it is honestly a daily battle, 100%. And uh, but the thing is that it's balanced out. I'm far more aware now. So, like, I, I feel it far more than I used to as well. Um, I much prefer to be in this state rather than doing the robotic and ignoring it. But in the same sense, it brings up all these other questions around well why do you feel guilty you know and then why
1: are you the lucky one that gets yeah, to
2: that's do right that. that's right and you know like like...
1: Some,
2: yeah and sometimes it's like trusted friends that will remind me that of all the things that we're talking about that everybody deserves happiness it's actually got nothing to do with success everyone deserves happiness um,
0: right exactly
2: um, and I think for me that's the that's the, when I when I sort of went constantly went through that understanding that disconnect then I'm like well yeah I mean being successful commercially is completely irrelevant, really, to so whether I'm happy or not, um, and that makes it easier for me to kind of not feel guilty about stuff because I deserve it. Yeah? I, mean, I, my most, I mean, recently, my most happiness, happiest moments have been... Actually, just before I met Stacey, uh, Stacey, I was down at the San Clemente. I paddled out and went for a surf for the first time in literally 10 years or something, I think it was. It was nuts. I, I, I did
0: not know it had been that long since you'd surfed. Yeah. Cause I knew you were excited uh, about surfing. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I paddle, I used to surf a lot and then I paddled out and I, I, I was terrible. Didn't matter in the slides. <laughs> I, I surfed uh, Old Man's, which is a very famous surf break right down there that is basically named Old Man because it's like a very mellow surfable way. But I, I, basically, <laughs> I basically didn't go, I didn't surf very well or anything, but I, I got out of the water and that was the, those little moments of bliss, you know. I was like, "Wow, that was pretty insane," you know. And and that led to me booking a trip to Nicaragua, you know. Like it was just kind of one of those things. But it it, it is. There it was I was reminded that that my happiness and everything else is completely outside of that because you know that was what like, – well that was free essentially, other than parking.
0: Exactly. It's you know how we were talking about that flow, and that's what surfing is. Surfing is basically. Movement Life. and meditation, right? Life. Yeah,
3: yeah. When yeah, you're in
0: flow, there's no, there's no, what is going to happen ahead of me? There's no, what did I do behind me? Flow is literally being in the present, in the moment. Yeah. And there is nothing there except for you and what you're doing. And it's the most freeing feeling that yeah. you can imagine. And that's, and that's the great thing about our brains is that. When we're working on something that we're passionate about or something that means something to us and we get into flow, time stops, right? Yeah. That, to me, being in flow is pure happiness. Just like you. Surfing, I did do surfing. I surfed. I got up on the first – I did break three toes the first time I tried to oh surf. Okay. How did but I can... <laughs> Jumping up there like a uh. dumbass, but the water was so cold, the Pacific. That's cool. The water was so cold that I didn't feel it. But anyway, it's just like I wasn't afraid of sharks, which I thought I would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like you are so, you are so synced up with the universe and yourself and everything yeah. is just moving in a perfect motion. It's the most beautiful thing. And I, I really think flow is the, the meaning of happiness. I do.
2: Yeah, and I find that, I mean, I can find it in, in, in unusual places sometimes. Like I, um, although maybe not unusual, like and motorcycles are another real passion of mine. And there are moments that you ride a motorcycle through, i to Angeles Crest up to Newcombs or something here in LA, that you're only thinking of that very moment. You're not thinking about anything else. You don't have time as well as, as well because your brain's very consumed. It's exhausting at times.
1: Right, uh, because you're so hyper-focused on what right. you're doing.
0: And it, right. it does, yeah.
2: You know, and I feel I, like
1: somebody's Tostino pizza rolls are done, first of all. Yeah, I, I That's thinking. my daughter's uh, quesadilla. <laughs> no. You know what I was going to say, Daniel, though? It's like, so motorcycles for you, so we have a Jeep, and it's like when the top is off, you know, I'm not, I'm in Kansas. There's nothing, sorry, Kansas, but it's not like the, the you know, the sights I'm seeing on these roads are fantastic, but it's literally <laughs> I'm present, and I've got the sun on me, and that is like, yeah. I can be driving to yoga or to that the carried. grocery store, but I am literally the most happiest person ever, because I have exactly what I need at that moment in time. And I am president. What is the only
0: thing I want to do when I come visit you in Kansas?
1: Dirt roads. I want to
0: drive on dirt roads. Like that is my only goal. That's all I care about because I want to get on those dirt roads. I want to feel that space yeah. That is literally the happiest thing I can do when I go home to visit her is, yeah. and I'm like, this is me at my happiest. I'm driving on a fucking dirt road, <laughs> but I love it. Yeah, You're
1: choking uh, on dust. Okay. There is not, on there's dust. nothing tropical about this. There's nothing luxurious about this, but there is an awareness and a present aspect to this that you're, you're happy and you feel that bliss. And like, I don't get goosebumps. And I think Stacey fakes goosebumps. She always like, always I have goosebumps.
2: It's a, I mean, I, I, mean, I yeah, I, I think we're all talking about similar things. I, I mean, I, last year I, uh, no, that, that 2017 year, I did a four week trip through Sahara, the Sahara Desert, Morocco on motorcycles.
1: What the you, hell, Daniel? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're in Ass- Joplin, Ass-
2: in Kansas. Come on. Yeah, but but <laughs> the, 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 the reality is, I mean, yeah, there were some beautiful sights at times, but the vast majority of the time, it is like 120 degrees. Great. Right. You're picking up your motorcycle for at least six or seven times during day. <laughs> You're camping in the most rudimentary thing. You're not eating fancy food. You're not. I mean, You're
1: thirsty as hell. Yeah, that's exactly right. not, <laughs> you, you have not,
0: dust in your teeth
2: that's right you're not you're not having sh- we didn't shower for like a week you know like it was just uh it was definitely not luxurious in any way but there were moments that were just pure uh just pure actually that's what we yes
0: into- pure don't you feel and i feel like nature is one of the best ways to be pure and just yeah. sort of syncing with our environment yeah. whether it's the sahara desert or the beach or a dirt-, dirt road in Kansas.
2: Yeah, a dirt road in Kansas. Yeah, I, I don't even
0: look up care. Kansas. I I so appreciate the dirt
1: roads in Kansas because there's a silence and a peace in all of these areas, and it's not about the motorcycle in the Sahara or the convertible on a1a or whatever the what's what's it called in LA, in Florida, yo. PCH. I know that's why I know. Uh, what's the what, what's 95 what the 405? Oh, PCH. Oh, PCA. Oh, yeah.
2: The
1: 405
2: is beautiful. <laughs>
1: but it's not the sound of the ocean but it's just that feeling that you have right there which that feeling can be re- you know can be replicated anywhere you yeah. in that moment so it's not about the ocean it's not about the sahara it's not about the dirt roads in kansas it's a moment in time where you're present and you're literally like goose bumping it yeah. you know yeah. like we yeah. we should be a wrap right there i'm goose bumping yeah. it
2: yeah. goose yeah. bumping it uh uh. uh. Get some beats now.
1: <laughs> all right, uh, what's number seven. So the other thing is that we lack confidence because again, if we're thinking about society as a whole, they follow these routines. You go to kindergarten or you go to pre-K, kindergarten, elementary school, high school, college, masters. It's all a progression where it's step by step by step and if you want to bounce off that train do you have the confidence to say i'm worthy of that and i'm going to go against the flow of traffic that says i'm supposed to be over here Mm -hmm. there's a huge confidence to be able to say no i'm good enough or i'm i'm where i'm at in life that i can jump off and do what's right for me and i'm scared but i'm going to be brave and i'm going to do it and it's going to take my bff a year to talk me off of this train you know what i mean like it's it's hard but we lack confidence to jump to that side because that's a scary unknown. And for like people like me where we're black and white numbers, that's a very, very unknown gray area. So yeah. it's like, how do we gain that confidence to know that follow your gut, know what's right for you, know that we don't follow everybody else's path, and take take that because we I think it's a on
2: female. Sorry, I'm back again. Um, you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. No, I mean, I agree. I, I think the, um, I mean, for me, though, I, I have to say that I, I, I did that early on because I, I, I wasn't so much stepping off the train. I was kind of kicked off the train because I, I, I wasn't, you know, performing in the corporate Even world. Even
0: better, though, because you didn't have- Oh, no, I was going to say, like,
1: on. yay that somebody did that for you, right. because mine was right. agonizing. Mine was really? my, it's like stepping a foot off of a bungee jumping for, like, seven years. Yes. And you're <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to do it yet, you know? So it's like, thank God you just got pushed off the train. They're like, get yeah, out of here. Exactly. It Can't, wasn't just agony for you, Carrie. Oh it was agony for you it was agony for my husband my oh. children they're like oh my god just jump already it
0: hurt. <laughs> it hurt because I'm a jumper I'm a jumper so I have to I have to have patience with Carrie who is a very logical thinker and yeah. who's not a jumper so yeah. for me it was so fucking painful because I didn't I did understand because I know her so well but on the other hand, I was like, it's a difference between being happy and
1: not being happy. Like, what's what's so hard? What's, what's so hard? Get off right. the train now. And I'm like, but wait, wait, what about what about this 401 or this special, you know, whatever? That was always, for me, it was always money related because I associate security with a bank account. So which it's like. Which leads
0: us to the next item, which is we're focused on the end goal instead of the process, right? And Daniel, that's the same with you. It's like, we reach this peak. That's the end goal, right? But, and and that's kind of what we talked about too on your next journey, on your next adventure. We'll call it an adventure. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're struggling with sort of just accepting where you are and not having to look forward, right? And so- The process is such a beautiful part of it. I mean, the process is all of it. Just like they say, it's the journey, not the destination.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, and, it, and, it, and, and you know, not dissimilar to everyone's version of happiness. Everyone's version of success is different, you know, certainly in financial terms. Um, and, 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 you know, I've, I just... I just feel like I'm on this sort of holding pattern, you know, and I have been for two, this is the second year of the holding pattern.
1: That's a sucky feeling, by the way. I hate the holding pattern.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like um, a yeah.
1: merry-go-round that, that somebody else is already puking on the ride and you can't get off because they're yeah. not slowing down.
2: Well, the thing is, though, like, the, the holding pattern for me is actually pretty comfortable in the sense of, like, I don't have, like, a lot of, like, pressures or anything, but that's the right. thing about it. <laughs> It's like, you know, you have to, it's almost like I need to land somewhere where I know I'm going to be fulfilled and have this next adventure, but I don't know where to land.
3: I think
0: the holding pattern is so hard. I love that you were able to enjoy the the non-pressure part. The holding pattern is so hard just because it's like you're not grounded. And so there's nothing, there's nothing grounding you. There's nothing structuring you Yeah. just willy nilly. And that is not a comfortable feeling. We love the idea of freedom and having that ability to do what we want to do. But at the same time, there needs to be some structure that we float in, in that box. You know what I mean?
2: Completely, yeah. I mean, and I've recognised that it's certainly, I I mean, I've been making conscious decisions to be more in LA and than I am away from LA, just to have a base and a a grounding place. Now, I mean, I was talking to a buddy of mine in Australia about, um, you know, LA and being this grounding place. And he's like, he's never been here, but he's saying, surely LA is like not grounded at all. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I mean, there's elements of that, obviously, but I found it to be very, very grounding. There's some amazing people here that are doing some amazing stuff. Um, And and I've really found my home, I guess. But it took me a long time to get there, you know. Like I was really uncomfortable with the unknown and the holding pattern for quite a while. I wasn't that comfortable in it, but at least I didn't have some of the pressures that I had before. Um, But it's frustrating. There's no no doubt about it. And again, though, this was related to the guilt because I feel a little bit guilty saying that. I feel a little bit guilty saying that it's frustrating being in this holding pattern.
1: Right. Uh, Right, but the the like where you're saying like you were at least comfortable in the holding pattern. I know from my personal experience, holding pattern was terrible. Like you're just like in a cage, like a fighting cage, and you're just like I'm like shielding from like no, don't hit me. Like like it's just like it's that was not the, the holding pattern was terrible for me. So it was like I needed to understand what was best because as we see on step nine. Um, or one of the nine ways that we sabotage is because taking the steps necessary to get to happiness are super overwhelming because it's like,
3: yeah.
1: okay, so for me personally, I'm going to walk away from this job. Okay. Again, back to my spreadsheet. What does that mean financially? What do I need to do to carry in the same life? Because I'm cutting out all this income, you know, and it's like, Did what does really that mean? And how do I'm sorry, what?
2: Do you really have a spreadsheet? no <laughs>
1: she, would, though. she would <laughs> i
2: don't know well there's definitely people that would i i, I was like i'm glad uh, that. you
1: know what See okay so let me say this so there are three people in this world non-spreadsheeters uh-huh. spreadsheet thinkers and spread cheaters right yeah, yeah i'm not great. a spread like i didn't legit have like a quicken or something yeah. like okay <laughs> like oh that guy off of some along kem Polly. you know what i'm talking about that movie Along comes yeah. calling. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I don't have like that because that was like the risk meter, right? Like if I quit my job, we're all yeah. gonna die. Yeah,
2: yeah. So
1: I'm in the middle somewhere. Like I've got the list in my mind because literally I'm thinking of it. It all comes down to you know like a financial aspect. Like you see all these things, you know, listed off of why this job works out, and there yeah. if there's nothing negative as far as uh, an environment there, what do you have a, to say that this is a bad place for me to be? So it's like taking that step was super overwhelming for me to be like, you know what, this isn't right for me. And for me to explain myself to everybody that, you know, like I've got family that are like, what do you mean you're walking away from this great job? I've got coworkers that are like, what do you mean you're, you know, like it didn't make any sense. My husband was always super supportive, do what you want to do. So with my kids, but yeah. it was like outside of my little bubble and Stacey was like, that doesn't fit the norm. Yeah. So. For me to get to that step was super overwhelming to be able to say like, okay, I'm going to take charge. I'm going to be confident and I'm going to take these steps because I need this, not what y'all want for me.
2: And you did it, which is awesome. And I
1: did it and I love it. And I was like, you know, speaking of happiness, it was like this morning. So I went to a really early morning hot yoga so that I could be back in time to get ready for this. And I was like, I felt really content in that I had the morning to prepare and think and be mindful and be aware of where I was going with my next steps. There was no robotic moves. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like it was all in my time frame. And I could feel guilty for saying that because there's people that are working 8 to 5. And they're like, I wish I could just sit around and not do it, you know, and have a triple beer at noon or whatever. <laughs> but it's like I took myself down this path. And everybody can. You just have to be brave enough to do it.
2: And that's, I think that's the key, isn't it? Because everybody... Largely can in their own in their own version of doing that. And, and you know, so, so you touched on something before that I, I really Resonated I think there's people that like I'm a jumper. Yeah I, I'm, I'm much more comfortable with jumping and then realizing where I landed wasn't where I wanted to be rather than not jumping I, Just not jumping to me is the most frustrating thing of all and I, like, don't, I just can't do it I will just yeah. jump now clearly there's consequences for just jumping as well um, but I think from a young age, I, I was taught to jump rather than think about it too much. And that's yeah. weird because I'm a Libra and I'm Libra might like usually indecisive in some ways. Oh so...
0: my God. I know Libra so well. Yeah. So like, a,
2: like, um, it's slightly different to the norm possibly, but, um, I think, uh, sorry, I was going that Um, I think the, the being aware of that and that situation and then doing it is available to everybody. It's just work, isn't it? I mean, it's just working on being able to do that
3: um
1: god it's so much work and for somebody who's as literal as i am it's daily and for me personally i was like try, grasping for signs that would say no you're fucking stupid don't do this you know what i mean like i was like oh wait, hey, the light was green i'm not supposed to do this you know like because again if you're very literal like i am this doesn't follow any sort of a rule book
2: yeah 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 it's just. i mean i've got my uh, i find it i've got a one sibling a younger brother. Um, uh, beautiful guy, love him dearly. Um, him and I could not be third, more different. Like we, we've got, it's, it's, it's strange to me that we have the same parents, same guy <laughs> and same upbringing, yet we are completely the opposite end of the scale. And for him to, even because he was here recently with his family visiting, and like the idea of moving to a different country and starting a life is like, I might as well be saying I'm going to the moon. Like it, right. would be, it's something that is just so far-fetched in his mind because he a thousand reasons why. So
1: he's like Stacy. He's like his brother is like Christy, and then there's me. So I have a sibling. I was like, "What do you mean you're gonna like? Why wouldn't you work? Yeah, your kids are in school. There's nothing that lines up. You know what I mean? Like my my husband can pr- provide for us. So I mean, I don't yeah. have to work. But it's like she couldn't figure that out. Like I don't understand. There's no yeah. reason yeah. for you to walk like this job. She so can't figure that
0: out that she liter her her sibling literally hates my guts because (laughs) I am the opposite of how she thinks. Like she truly despises me, which just gives Carrie and I the biggest
1: giggles ever. (laughs) It's like Stacy, like my sister, love her to death, nothing against her, but she is such in a cookie cutter of what we're supposed to be. And that's, I mean, yeah. I would say majority of the people in the world are in that cookie cutter. They don't know how to escape that cookie cutter. And so thank God I figured out how to get the hell out of that cookie cutter. Right. Yeah. But it's like, she's in that cookie cutter and seeing somebody who is so free spirit and you're doing what you want to do and you're not making eight figures. What do you mean? You know, like. That doesn't make any sense. Like I want to, I want to continually, like sh- you know, like get a nicer house, a nicer car. But blah, blah, blah. we're all like, no, I'm cool. I, just, you know, I, I'd like to see parts of the I world. Like I just want to chill. I just want to go do my shit. I don't care about my house. I don't care about my car,
0: because that's not what makes me happy. I know that now. I thought that that would make me happy because that's what everybody told me. But I'm at the point where my husband makes decent money that I can, I can sort of go, you know what, I don't give a shit about that stuff. Like that is really, truly not what what makes me happy. Being on the beach, hanging out with people like Daniel is what makes me happy. Is it going to make me a shit ton of money? No. But does it make me feel fulfilled and like I'm doing something and like I'm connecting with people? Yes. And that's where my happiness comes from.
2: Yeah. I, I think being fulfilled is kind of, that's my, that's my that's my, I don't know where the goals are. the right word, but that is kind of like my path at the moment, you know, trying to work out what that is. And um, you
0: know, it's so funny because fulfillment, especially like I said, for brains like ours, it's not going to be there all the time. It's uh, going uh, to be these, bits
2: and drops. And yeah, this is, that's, right, that's right. Yeah, it's
3: going to be bits others,
0: and pieces. Right? And we have to be okay with that. We have yeah. to be okay with those little bits and pieces of fulfillment because Happiness is not something that just comes and stays with you forever. It's like, it comes and goes because life really happens, you know? And that leads us to number 10, which is having what we want makes us feel vulnerable because we can lose it. And so if we never achieve what we think will make us happy, then we never have to worry about losing it. And so that's why we don't go down that path. That's a barrier to our happiness, is the fear of gaining it and then losing it. And Mm. my whole thing is, you have to be okay with gaining it and losing it. It's not gonna always be there. And you have to be okay with the ride. And you have to be okay with the ups and downs. And that's what I always try and tell my kids. It's like, I tell my kids, Life is literally ups and downs, and the way the successful way to move through life is to be able to ride it and not attach yourself to mm-hmm. the highs or the lows. And then you
1: don't feel vulnerable because you don't have to worry about losing anything. Yeah, I mean, it's like at a at an amusement park. Would you rather ride the train through and get robbed for your silver and gold from the local uh, train robbers, or would you rather go through that awesome? roller coaster with the you know like the seven cents spin corkscrew and you're right like, you're all the it's amazing. At, the, at the beginning like that's the shit right there those maybe break your neck a little i don't know oh, yeah. you're scared for your life you're like i love my children i love my husband i'm sorry decent <laughs> that world <laughs> or do you want to simply like pretend with your children and their uh, Disneyland suckers that the robber's going to take your little rainbow sucker and your sad. Right. I don't want to do yeah. that. I want to go through the roller coaster.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You meet uh, I, I yeah, I I've recently met someone that uh, we were talking about surfing and, and she was like, well, I, I, I really want to learn to surf, but I'm never going in the water. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, I was like, you know, all the sharks, the pollution, the people, you know, I was like, wow, okay. Uh.
1: Oh.
2: I don't really, and again, you know, it's about being um, not tolerant, but like understanding the people are in different paths and different kind of levels of where they're.
1: Yes, it really is like you're. Whenever you feel, because I am not an empath. I really, I am so literal that I'm she like. the uh, opposite. Do you have a fever? Because if you don't, literally, you're not sick. Shut up. <laughs> she is the opposite of an empath. Like,
0: literally, that's when she and I butt heads. Well, we we learned never this. Figured it out though.
2: Yeah, yeah, figured it, it out now.
0: I feel everything and she feels nothing. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah. I don't have a
1: soul, but <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is it's like, um, the people like they just like hang on the train all day. You're dealing literally with this fake little train robber. That's what your like. The, the high that you feel going down that roller coaster. That's real shit, man. That you're not feeling anything on the, on the train ride. You're maybe like faking with your kids and act like it's scary, but like, I want to actually have feelings through this journey that we call life. It's like the up is scary as shit because the whole be like, oh God, oh God, oh God, we're going to die. We're going to die. And then the down, you you lose your stomach. Like, do you lose your stomach on a train ride? No. No. So it's like, I want to feel the ups and downs versus the train ride. And I want other people to feel that. But I have to remind myself, like, I can't judge them if they think in their mind at this time. That that bigger house and that bigger car and that bigger paycheck is more important to them because that's where they're at, and I can't fault them because I was just there, you know, eighteen months ago. And we're right. all going to hit that at a different time in our life. And thirty-nine does not mean that's the right answer, or forty-five. It's everybody's going to evolve to that at some point. Does it mean that maybe older not? just a lifetime. <laughs> not a lifetime. <laughs> that's, it. that's
2: it. That's exactly right
1: but we have to remember that just because we're there, others may not be. And it's like, I, I, feel, I feel okay in my mind thinking to myself, like, oh, I hope, you know, help this person out. Like sending them positive vibes quietly. I'm not gonna say that out loud. Like, dude, yeah, you can't sure. be asking for this new car because that's not my place. Like that's not where they're at and that's fine. It's their I've- journey. Like you have to respect other people's journey, right. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think it, I mean I think it gets a little bit. Um, we might have touched this on on this Stacy when we first met, but it gets a little bit more complicated I think when it's family. Because I, I've sort of been with my brother, I've I've been sort of a uh, trying to focus on giving him reassurance that he's so brave to be in the situation he currently is that it's less scary than that it's more scary than actually leaving the situation he needs to leave. You know, uh, right? Because like, he's like in this plateau of like the mundane if you like
1: right uh, yeah, he's, he's your he's your younger brother that's in the robotic scheme currently yeah,
2: right? a whole what's the
1: age on? difference between you two three years Okay, so the sister that's like super concerned about me is ten years. So kind of like there's a certain age gap, or they're like, okay, I got to protect my little sibling here. Is like lost so, her mind?
2: Yeah, no, we we just, I mean, like I said, we're, like we had a great upbringing, and we're very, we're we're, we're just very, very different people, and and um, we have been from a very young age, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've been sort of trying to get him to think about moving forward with evolving in in, in some and it's his path it's not mine to lead but um he he lacks the confidence of change it's like he can't he's not a jumper he's the opposite of jumper he'll give you a thousand reasons why not to jump
1: right so him and I I are like BFFs
2: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. well and I think you're sort of in the middle he's probably the other other extreme possibly but I've been trying to get him to sort of understand that staying in that uncomfortable situation is more brave than it is actually to jump
0: it it's right. Like it, a it takes so
1: much more effort.
2: Yeah, that's
0: right. It's that yeah.
1: slow band aid. But you know what's cool? It's like it's like where we're able to, you know, like everybody has their own quest. Perhaps is this, this is where they're at now. Oh, we lost Daniel.
2: No, I just uh, I flicked the video off when I lose you guys. Yeah,
1: a... you we lost you, Carrie.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, you lost me. Yeah. I don't know where it's going with it. So
0: I don't remember either, but. We've totally gone over on time, and we could talk about this shit for like ever. But I think it's really cool because Daniel is at a place where we're all striving to be, and it's so comforting to me to understand that that's not really the end goal. You know what I mean? And so it's comforting to me to know that I can create my own happiness. Where I am right now, instead of waiting for that end game, waiting for that making it, waiting for that money to come. And so I, I love talking to him about this because it just makes me feel like I don't have to be somewhere right now. You know what I mean? I can be where I am and I can be comfortable where I am as long as I'm evolving and as long
1: as I'm moving forward, I'm exactly where I need to be. Well, and Stacey, I think it's also important to remember that, like, where we're talking about the path that you and I have taken, it's like, we are thankful to be where we're at right now. And we want to enjoy where we're at as far as being able to have the freedom to have these conversations and to be aware and to be able to constantly educate ourselves on on ways to leave that positive lifestyle. So it's like, you know, like, so behind me, you see like a lamp and a computer screen. I'm not like some like zillionaire over here. Right. But I like where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like I, and that's all that fucking matters. And that's what we need to remember.
0: Do we like where we're at? Are we happy where we're at? If not, what can we do to change it? What do we need to change internally to overcome those barriers that are all internal? It's all internal guys. It's not Somebody telling you something. It's not a job that's suppressing you. It's all eternal. We choose. We fucking choose to be happy. Just and I told you, Carrie. We choose to be successful. We can. We can be successful. It takes steps, but we can be successful. Happiness is the same way. It takes fucking work. It takes steps. It's hard. It's not easy, but happiness is achievable, and we should all be there. And we should all overcome that internal shit from old stuff, from our parents, from getting raised, from the stuff that significant others have told us, from the stuff that we tell ourselves. We can overcome all of that stuff to achieve this happiness. It's not money. It's not shit that we acquire. It's not having a significant other. It's none of that. It literally comes from deep inside of us.
2: Completely, completely. And I, I have a, I've have tried the other way. I, I have cars and motorcycles for sale, if anyone would like to buy
1: <laughs> You have that Porsche for sale? I, I
2: have i have two Porsches for sale, actually, so yes.
1: My Jeep is not for sale. I must keep that for the dirt roads us yes, happiness. Yes, the motorcycle
2: is not for sale either. I've got that one. But oh, uh... you
1: fuckers. I'm driving a Nissan Armada. <laughs> <laughs> not on a dirt road. Oh, that's right. Exactly. exactly. No,
0: I'm on I'm on PCH. In You're Georgia. on the 405.
1: I'm on the uh, I have like, I have 135 in Kansas. Yeah, no traffic. It's like three
0: lanes, I don't know
2: the 405 is anything to brag about. No,
0: it? the 405 <laughs> actually sucks ass.
2: <laughs> People warned me about the 405 when I moved to LA and I never really got it. And then I watched an episode of the California. Is it the Californians on the Saturday Night Live? You know that show? I know
0: if no, I haven't seen uh,
2: that. So <laughs> funny, but it, it's. Uh, Are
0: you talking about where they do like all the different routes to get to? Yeah, yeah yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. It's so LA. That's funny. Um,
0: That's real. That is real talk too. That's real yeah. talk. Like you have to know eighteen routes to get around traffic. Right. And I'm I'm still the
2: person that goes west or goes east rather of the four or five. Most people in Santa Monica never leave Santa Monica. Yeah.
0: Right. I know. Right. Exactly.
2: But I'm the brave soul that goes east occasionally.
0: <laughs> you have to get away from the coast,
1: yo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so you. is in Wichita, Kansas. What? I said, I'm the brave soul is in Kansas in this terrible weather. That's true. Yes. You are, you are. A brave and soul. I feel like I am like the uh, poster child for, if I'm saying like, y'all can choose happiness and I just threw out a y'all, right? <laughs> I'm in Midwest United States. I've got no ocean. I've got no sun. I've got no palm trees. And I'm telling you that you can achieve happiness because you can take steps You can bust through boundaries. You can do your own thing. And you can get there. It doesn't require some special part of land. It doesn't require some checking account. I don't know why I always say checking account. Banking account. (laughs) (laughs) I like checking account. That's old school. I know. I'm fixing it at 40. But um, (laughs) so if we can do it, you guys can do it. Yeah.
2: 100%. Yeah.
1: Okay, Daniel, thank you
0: so much for being a guest. I'm so excited. I just knew that we would want to, when we were talking about doing this podcast and resisting happiness, I was just like, man, Daniel is so the vibe for this. So you're our first guest. I love it. We went way fucking over because we have so much more we could talk about. But um, thank you so much for being here. And you have been listening to the Brain Gangster podcast. Brought to you by BrainGangsterBeats.com, where you can train your brain with Brain Gangster Beats. So uh,
1: thank you guys so much. We'll see you in a couple weeks, right, Carrie? Yes, we will be back in two weeks. And again, thank you, thank you, Daniel. It was amazing. You are amazing. You do you, everybody. Thank you, you very much, so much. Do you?
2: exactly no thank you very much very kind of you i really enjoyed it i, I could spend every morning doing this it was great
1: i know even without coffee right yeah, yeah exactly but yeah. not till 10 a.m yeah that's
2: right exactly that's that's the beginning of the day you realize once
1: seinfeld is over on tbs then we can, <laughs> we can <leave. laughs> just saying right. for a friend up, everybody bye
0: thank
2: you very much see you guys
3: It's fun. Yeah.